0: Hi, this is Terry McCarty, and uh, uh, welcome back to Reviews and Otherwise, and this will be a quick uh, overview of uh, the William and films that I've experienced uh, uh, in my uh, lifetime, and uh, we'll start uh, quickly just mentioning the most recent uh, uh f- he directed uh, The Devil and Father Amorth, which came out, I believe, around 2017. That film you can find on like Crackle or Plex, uh, Free Services. And uh, it's, I guess, the nice way to put it it's interesting when you watch The Exorcism, but you can tell that there's probably been a little bit of uh, augmentation uh, in post-production. and um, But you can look at it as a uh, coda to the Freakin's only exorcist uh, because uh, he gets to show you the Georgetown uh, staircase early on or you can view it as a coda and corrective to the recent uh, Russell Crowe, uh, Franco Nero, the Pope's uh, exorcist. And uh, at this point, I'll go ahead and just uh, segue into trying to de uh, the popular... Ah, excuse me. Debunk the popular uh, freakin' myth, uh, which seems to have been set in stone by Peter Biskin's Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, and then it, uh, whoever did the recent uh, New York Times obituary, uh, the idea of, of uh, freakin' being Orson Welles and uh, two two movies that. Uh, commercially and artistically uh, dwarfed everything after. That's uh, not true. I mean, his career goes back to the roughly 1967, and as irony would have it, I did see the first film he did, which was the Sonny and Cher uh, comedy, musical, good times. And uh, I guess part of the reason I saw that was that my mother took me to the showing in Vernon, Texas Plaza Theater. The big attraction, of course, were uh, Sonny and Cher in person. And someone who was like a uh, a friend of my brother's in Electra, Texas, uh, a guy named Rex Baker had a had a band uh, called The Bards, uh, which was, you know, everybody in every little town and city, uh, you know, heard The Beatles and the other British Invasion groups and uh, did things of their own. So so the Bards got to play on stage and then Sonny and Cher came out and were interviewed and uh, I think if you, from what I remember of Good Times, if you look at it today, it's uh, very much a film of its period, and you could say with Freakin there's a mixture of uh, him in in the feature films he uh, made, and one... Remaining, which is a uh, updated uh, take on the Kane Mutiny Court Martial with for Sutherland, that he's kind of gone between sort of dutifully serving other people's material to uh, taking other people's material and uh, grafting on a kind of. Uh, really intense, uh, visceral quality, and the four films that he did that I think people probably would be on the same page of as uh, bangers, uh, as the young people say, or masterpieces would be. The French Connection, The Exorcist, and the maligned in nineteen seventy seven but rediscovered uh, sorcerer and uh the maligned in nineteen eighty five but uh uh enthusiastically rediscovered uh to live and die in l a and uh, and those films are pretty much the cornerstone of his uh of his uh, reputation, which he Was good at uh, uh, curating and reaching out to younger generations of uh, uh, critics and viewers, and uh, and also willingness to do commentary for uh, other people's films. Like he, one example being he directed the final episode of the Alfred Hitchcock Hour. 1965 uh, and it's one with a better than average uh, John Gavin as a uh, uh, trigger happy uh, lawman who uh, brings on a great tragedy and uh, later uh, Freakin himself did a commentary track uh, for Vertigo and uh, that's very likely, I'm, I would think, on the uh, Universal's uh, recent issues of it on disc, uh, DVD, or 4K. And uh, anyway, um, to not uh, belabor things too much uh, in terms of uh, uh, Freakin' Serving Material, another, another film that from about 20 years ago, 2003, The Haunted with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio Del Toro, that's uh, getting uh, seen on uh, streaming on on, uh, on Max, formerly HBO Max right now, and something else that was ignored at the time, like, uh, oh, here's Tommy Lee, uh, doing another variation of Gerard in the fugitive, but it's very well. You can you can say visceral, but not in the sense of like uh, you know juicing up the material. It just uh, has a very uh, lean uh, intensity to it and. Uh, so, uh, by all means, it's uh, worth, uh, worth uh, seeking out, and hopefully uh, Paramount uh, goes ahead and uh, includes it at some point for subscribers to either uh, Paramount Plus or uh, Showtime. So, and I guess to... To wind this down a little bit, because uh, I'm probably going to be leaving some things out that are seem like misfires, or well, I kind of consider uh, cruising is a bit of a misfire, and and uh, it's probably more interesting reading about the making of it in Freakin's own autobiography. And uh, then, then when you uh, actually see it, it's like uh, Paul Servino's pretty uh, dialed down and subtle, and and does the, some of the best uh, acting in the film. And then there's the uh, Chevy Chase, uh, Gregory Hines, uh, Sigourney Weaver uh, deal of the century, which. Managed to come out, like, early fall of 93, sorry, 1983. Uh, Paul Brickman worked on the script, and this was after Brickman's uh, uh, brief uh, supernova of uh, fame with uh, Risky Business and and Chevy having a hit with Vacation and, uh, and people in the... Fall of uh, 1983 didn't want to see something uh, uh, parodying uh, arm sales, and um, because you know at that time people took Reagan reasonably seriously and wanted to look luxurious and dress in Armani and listen to listen to escapist uh, heavenly synthesized music, and but it's. I don't know, I just remember it uh, seeing it on cable about a year after its release, and it didn't leave a strong impression one way or another and in in terms of uh, other freaking films that uh, have followings but uh, are not. In the general public radar, I watched uh, uh, the other night, uh, Rampage, which is uh, his uh, serial killer film that uh, was based on a real case that occurred in Sacramento, but uh, transposed to Stockton, California. and. There are actually two versions of Rampage. I, I did not see the first one, and I, I wish I had. It, it's on the rare film, dot com. Uh, the, the version that was done for Daniel Arenas' group, which, I, in a way, I wish I had seen it. Uh, instead, I saw the shorter... Uh, reassembled, uh, augmented one that came out five years later in 1992 uh, for Miramax, and when you look at that uh, version, of course, you wonder uh, how much uh, Harvey Weinstein did or did not do with the way the version was reordered. uh, Allegedly... Freakin' had uh, changed his mind on the, the death penalty between the first edit and the second. But when you see the uh, second uh, shortened uh, Miramax version, you kind of get the idea of, uh, of all the things I had read about the first version that it, it had been uh, a little more uh, morally ambiguous on, and on the both sides of the death penalty, and uh, with the with the later cut, uh, it was kind of reordered to be a let's say a more subtle version of uh, the. Charles Bronson, J. Lee uh, Thompson, uh Ten Till Midnight film where you had uh Gene Davis, uh actor that I remember from that film and not anything else playing this oogie boogie boogie uh scary uh endlessly calculating uh serial killer that uh you know, knew how to game the system. And if you remember the end of that film, he's baiting Bronson and saying, you, uh, I can, I can game the system anything I want. And the fact you can't do anything. And, and then Bronson, "No, you won't. And, and shoots him dead. And the audience I saw it in, a AMC Wichita Falls Theater just, you know, uh, applauded uh, like Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. So, anyway, uh, freaking with the second pass, that uh, Ransom was trying to to do that. I guess there's a scene in the uh, of there, which is in this second version early on. He goes and. Uh, goes to a gun store before he commits the first crime, and you don't see the gun store in the in the DeLorean cut, and and there's that, and one or two other, um, you know, flags to show that he's a uh, super calculating uh, person, and uh, and the and the character meets a different fate from the Dale from the, uh, Rattis version which apparently is the, the fate that happened uh, to the actual uh, uh, Sacramento murderer but uh, at this point let me say thank you for uh, wandering around in the weeds with me about, about this film uh, because it'll show up probably a bit more now uh, with Freakin's passing and it's worth a look uh, uh, Alex MacArthur was a popular TV actor in the latter part of the 80s and he gives off an effect that's sort of like somewhere between uh, uh, deranged David Cassidy and and maybe why he was cast is there's kind of a vague physicality, uh, reminding people of uh, the Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, who was uh, wreaking havoc in Southern California during the '80s, and and uh, cast against the. Type. at that point he was playing Michael bean as the as the uh, well back then they would say liberal instead of progressive uh, uh, district attorney that uh, you know backs away from his uh, beliefs and supports the uh death penalty as as the story goes on and uh, and to be uh, fair to bean's performance he's uh he's good at not uh, over reacting or or over signifying and uh, and he's does quite well in the second half when they go into the uh, into the courtroom uh, uh, the trial scenes and uh, anyway um, it's I think if you're a freak and completist it's uh, certainly worth seeking out and uh, I would say if you're have the luxury of time. Uh, both versions probably be good to see and compare. And at some point, I'll probably see the Dolores version. And on that note, um, I haven't scratched uh, enough surface like uh, like Lex G, uh, who's done a or extensive uh, take on Freakin on his podcast uh, has or I'm assuming probably very much did and and he probably covered uh, far more of the of the work than I'm doing so I certainly uh, recommend uh, the Lex G podcast as a more thorough uh, overview and Thanks ever so much for uh, listening to this, and I hope to get back to uh, discussing more uh, current films. And uh, I know I missed uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, but I don't think I have anything to add. Uh, They're both uh, Barbie's good, Uh, Oppenheimer's near great, and i don't think i would add much to the discourse except to say that it's good and that you have a, a movie marketplace now to where people are temporarily open-minded enough to get out and you know see more than one movie in a weekend and the old uh, uh, 60s, 70s habit of uh, getting out to see movies, at least to see and experience uh, uh, things with their, you know, strangers, friends, peers, uh, uh, the thrill of discovery that that's coming back. So on that note, I hope to... Uh, see you all again later in August. Uh, If you like these ramblings, please uh, recommend them via your favorite form of social media. And thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you later this month. Bye for now.